What's up, Rock family? What's up, Rock family? How you doing? I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. Uh, we are so excited about this message. And next week, we're going to take our Make a Difference offering. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But I want all y'all to stand up. We are going to say a word of prayer and ask God to bless our time and bless you. Because once again, God is going to challenge you in your life. So let's all stand up and say a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Uh, thank you for your word and all the wisdom you give us in your word. And I pray that you move in our heart as we prepare uh, for next week's offering and the week after and receiving this information about how to steward our finances and build the kingdom of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to, turn to second Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, I received the Lord back in 1984. It was when I first committed my life to the Lord. And my wife and I met a couple, Ray and Susan Preston, who were playing on the charges at the time. And um, they had two little kids who are now obviously very grown. And we started going over the house and they were mentoring us. We were going to Bible study with them, uh, having dinners with them. And we got to see firsthand what a Christian family. We didn't have any kids. Um, in fact, we were, we were still dating. We met them when we were dating and before I got saved. But once I got saved, they started mentoring us and showing us what a Christian family was all about. And how they did everything, how they took care of their kids. Their little kids were babies. But then we started noticing they were writing checks to the church. And we're like, what's that about? And they were very frugal with their money, had a budget. And God was in their budget. And they taught us and modeled to us the faithfulness of giving and the blessing that comes with being faithful in your giving. Uh, we're in this series called Make a Difference. And we're going to take a special offering next week for the initiatives that we've been talking about church expansion, missions, digital initiatives, all the ministry we're doing online, uh, Toys for Joy, Freedom Center, and all the ministry we're doing in the community. Um, but what is so critical is that we understand how to steward our money based on what God is saying. So we're focusing on what Paul has been teaching us. So today I want to do a little review before we get into the message on, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So let's do a little review. Uh, two weeks ago we talked about the grace myth. The grace myth that I don't have to do anything because I'm in the age of grace and I still get blessed. That's not true. If you pray, God will bless you more than if you don't pray. If you're faithful, God will bless you more than if you're not faithful. Uh, two, that grace is higher, has a higher standard than the law. The cross was never about 10%, even though tithing is 10%. God wants 100% of your life. A tithe literally is a tenth part, a tenth of what you receive. Uh, offerings are over and above that. And first fruits are the principle of us giving to God first. We saw in 1 Corinthians 16 where Paul talked about giving should be periodic, that they gave on the first day of the week, but it should be periodic. That giving needs to be personal, that I need to purpose in my own heart that I'm going to give. Uh, and giving must be planned. Let's think about it, especially when you're going to give over and above what you normally give. You need to plan it out. And think about and putting God in your budget, the kingdom of God in your budget, knowing there is a spiritual 
uh, blessing return on investment in your life. Giving needs to be proportionate. You know, if you make more money, you should give more money. If you make less money, you shouldn't feel burdened that you have to give as much as somebody else. Give in proportion to how God has blessed you. And lastly, Paul teaches us that giving should be plentiful. So if we all give the proportion that God has given us, there will be plenty to go around. Matter of fact, some of the time, the reason we have to do these things is because everybody's not doing, giving their share. We have to reignite this passion and education on giving. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is teaching the Corinthians and challenging them to give to the poor Christians in Jerusalem. And he's using the church of Macedonia as his example. And he's saying... I want to show you how they give, and I want to teach you some lessons on how you give. And what I'm going to do is give you a message today, and then we're going to interview a couple of people about our digital initiatives and how we are reaching people all around the world exponentially over the last year, has grown exponentially over the last year, and how we're reaching people around the world and how next year we want to expand that, and that's where your giving is going to come through. Matter of fact, you are going to get in the mail this week an envelope that is going to be through which you give, at least one of the ways, if you're right here in San Diego. And so I want you to look for this in the mail and be praying about that for your offering next week. And if you're online, just text the word VISION to 52525. That's VISION to 52525. And all of you can do that to see all what we're talking about, all that's going on. Uh, because we don't want to just keep doing what we've been doing. We want to expand, always expand the kingdom always expand our ability to minister around San Diego, the United States, and the world. So let's read first, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want you to read this. I want you to listen very carefully to what he's saying. And we're going to glean some points from what Paul's saying. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Macedonia, we were going to see, was very generous. That in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. The, this church gave abundantly out of their need. And it says, for I bear witness that according to their ability, and look what he says, yes, beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. I'm going to break all this down in a minute. Just flow with me. And not only as we hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that he, as, as he has begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. In other words, please do what they're doing, what they did. Then it says... I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. We're going to look at five things we're going to learn from this thing. Basically, he's talking to the Corinthians saying, I'm giving you and showing you the example of the Macedonians. And we're going to learn from the example of the Macedonians. And here's how I'm encouraging you to be generous. They are the example. Now, before I get into this, there's somebody in your life 
who is a generous person. Now, you might not even know they're generous. You may just see that they're blessed. You may just, why are they so happy? Why are they so free? Why are they so carefree? Why are they not stressed about their money? And it may be because they're generous. But you, there may be people in your life, you are aware of their giving habits, that they're generous. You should sit down and ask them about their generosity. Ask them what their guidelines are. Ask them what the benefits are. Ask them the miracles, the financial miracles in their life. There are some people in your, in your life that you know right now that are receiving financial miracles because you can't understand how they do it with, with what they got. They, are, they have financial miracles in their life. And, and the miracle may be that they just learn to be very content within what they have. Because no matter how much you make, if you're not content, you're not content. More money is not going to make you content because you're not going to be content with that. So have, being contentment, godliness with contentment is great gain. And when you die, you are not going to take a hearse to your grave. Uh-uh. You're going to buy yourself. Naked you came, naked you going. Okay. All right. So look at what it says. Number one, their giving went beyond their ability. The Macedonians gave beyond their ability. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 3. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. We're telling you about the grace of God on the church of Macedonia. That in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability and yes, beyond their ability. When you walk with God, the Bible says the just shall walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means that when you walk with God, you are always and should be always walking outside of your natural ability. You should be dreaming about things that you can't do. You should be trying things that you can't do. You should be, you should be walking into things that you can't do. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means without Christ's strength, I can't do it. So it's beyond my ability. And so the Macedonians said, when we give this financial gift, we are not going to just look at what we have. We're going to say, Lord, expand our ability. Matter of fact, their gift actually went beyond, not only did they give beyond their ability, but their gift was able to do things and accomplish things in ministry beyond their ability because their money went to Jerusalem and was able to do stuff they couldn't do by being there. So when we give, we're not only being challenged to give by faith beyond our ability. What do I perceive I can afford? God says, I'm I'm going to expand that. And then your money's going to go where you can't go. It's going to help people in Africa, Asia, the Middle East. It's going to do things in people's lives that you never ask or imagine. Do things in in people's lives that you'll never meet. We talk about digital initiatives and all the people around the world who are watching this message because of your giving. People you will never meet this side of heaven and doing things. Your, Your giving is always going to go beyond your ability. And God is going to challenge you to say, man, I thought I could give this. But God is going to expand even your ability to give financially. Number two. The giving was done freely and willingly. Look what it says in chapter 8, verse 3. For I bear witness that according to their ability, and yes, beyond their ability, they were freely and willing. Whenever people talk about money in church, people get like that. Just relax. No one's coming to put their hand in your pocket. 
Just relax. You, we want you, when you get this and fill this out next week and the week after or whatever week, or the next two weeks you come, um, we want you to be free. Matter of fact, we want you to be excited. I get to do this. I get to invest in the kingdom. I get to help survivors of human trafficking find a place to live. I get to have kids get, get toys, toys for joy. I get to do ministry here in San Diego uh, through our, all our outreach ministries. I get to invest in the digital event, in, in initiatives. I get to help with church, plant churches around the world. I get to help missionaries around the world. You get to do that. You get to put your stamp of faith on all that ministry. What else are you going to do with it? You're going to eat? God's going to take care of you. Here's the thing. Sometimes people don't give because they don't trust God. They don't trust God's going to take care of their needs. God's always taking care of you. We read in the very beginning in the uh, offering moment today that God is the one who supplies the seed that you should sow, the money you should invest, the resources you can give. God gave it to you. Okay. Number two, number three, their giving was done with urgency. The Macedonians gave with urgency. Look what it says in, in chapter 8, verse 4. Imploring us, the Macedonians were imploring us, they were giving beyond their ability, freely, willingly, and imploring us with much urgency that we will receive the gift and fellowship of the ministering to the saints. There are some people that just have to help. Now, there are some people who just have to get help. And I, what I mean by that is all about me. I'm trying to get paid. <laughs> Look out for me. What about me? Now, I'm not talking about that, that, that's different. But there are other people who say, I have to help that person. I have to help that cause. I have to be involved. There are some things in your life that bother you. Seeing someone homeless, seeing someone get abused, seeing someone get uh, mistreated. It just bothers you, injustice over here. And it bothers you where you have to do something. That was the Macedonians. What bothers you? Hopefully what bothers you is something outside of yourself. The Macedonians saw the need and said, we have to do something. And my prayer is that there would be something that God would prick your heart. I remember years ago I was on a 40-day fast and I was driving... Um, I remember where I was driving through a town here called Claremont and these kids were walking to school and God just broke my heart. We were getting ready to do a youth event and God broke my heart for those kids because he showed me how without God in their life, how many temptations could destroy their life. And it was just a burden on me. So my prayer is that God would put a burden on your heart for something we're doing that you can invest financially in. That you're not just given just to, you know, just to go through the motion. But you're saying, I want to invest in the kingdom impact in this area. That there's an urgency to you. Not, not only do you, are you doing it freely, but you're doing it with urgency. I can't let another day go by. By the way, the Bible says... In Malachi chapter 3 that God says, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. Here's the thing about it. When you get paid and God says, I want first fruits, 
The tie belongs to me. The longer you hold that, that this should be an urgency to say, Lord, I'm going to be faithful. I don't want this burning a hole in my pocket. I want to be faithful to give back to you. For some of you, this season, this offering that we're going to take next week and, and, and in this series, Make a Different Series, you're going to start tithing. You're going to start giving faithfully. Great. Plan it. Put it in your, put it a, a direct deposit or whatever so it's automatic. But say, Lord, I am not going to wait. I am going to, with urgency, make sure I am faithful on time every two weeks or however you, you get compensated. Whatever your regular periodic giving is going to be. The Macedonians did with urgency. Number four, the giving of finances allowed, followed the giving of their heart. You, <laughs> you have to give your heart to God first. Look what it says. In verse 5 it says, And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Religion is where I read rules in a book and I go, I got to do that, I got to do that, I got to do that, I got to do that. Christianity is where the Holy Spirit in your heart prompts you to move. And the reason is such a big difference is because the Holy Spirit is with you 24-7 and the Holy Spirit is going to move in your heart, speak to you about and can every situation you're in. This, every situation you're in is not written in a book. You can't find a, a religious book that tells you how to do everything in the moment. The Spirit of God will speak to you in the moment. The first time I accepted the Lord, I, I accepted the Lord one time. When I, got, when I was 19 years old, I recommitted my life when I was eight, uh, 24. And, but the first time I accepted the Lord, I did with these hippies in this supermarket. And they look like Charles Manson. They're long hair, you know, beard and bummy clothes. And, and they shared the gospel with me. I prayed, accept the Lord. And it was kind of like, whoa. And I remember bringing them over to my house. And I opened the door. My dad was in the living room. And I'm, I looked at my dad and I looked at them and said, I don't think this is a good idea. And we walked back out the house because my dad would have been like, what the? So we got on the train, went to Manhattan. And I'm on this train going, and then I went to their apartment. It was all, it was a mess. They, they were straight up hippies. I mean, it was just, it wasn't my, deep, my, my flow. It, not that Jesus wasn't my flow. They weren't my flow. And I remember on the train with them thinking, can I live this life that these guys were living? And I asked them a question. I said, if I, I had already prayed except the Lord, but if I walk with God, am I going to have to give up football? I was in college at the time. And they were like, nah, you know, they were kind of, nah, not really. They were kind of vague. And that was a big deal. And what God showed me over time, that in time he was going to redirect my life to go right and go left and go right. When you give your life to Christ, every day as you walk with God, he's trying to direct you. And every day the devil's trying to distract you. And giving has to be something as a result of the Spirit of God moving on your heart. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. And so you have to ask yourself, is my heart with Jesus first? Not do I want to give money to this church. Is my heart with Jesus and is, is the, the Spirit of God directing me to give, putting a burden on my heart for what I'm supposed to give to? 
And you will know that by point number five. Their giving, their Macedonians giving validated the sincerity of their love. Let me tell you something. If you love God, you will do certain things. People who love God do certain things. And the more you love God, the more sincere you love God, the more you do those things. Look what it says in chapter 9. I speak not by commandment. This is what Paul's saying to the Corinthians. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that through, though he was rich, and he wasn't rich this way. He was rich spiritually. He was, he was, the, he was the Lord, king of kings, the Lord of lords. Yet for your sake, he became poor, became a man, gave up everything. That you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus, who was king of kings, lord of lords, being worshipped in heaven, possessed the glory of God before the foundations of the earth, said, I'm going to become a man. And he said, look, the sincerity of your love. How do you know you love God? Keep his commandments. The Bible says, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's how you know love. God, how, how you know you love God. How do you know you love God? Help the poor. It says, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. This is all about helping the poor. How do you know you love God? Help widows and orphans. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself spotted from the world. In a minute, you're going to see a video. And it's going to be about the digital initiatives that we are going to engage in next year, provided we get the finances to do it. This is all predicated on us having the resources to do, to, to do these things. We can't do these things without the resources. That's why we're trying to raise $7 million so we can blow up <laughs> the planet with the gospel. But it's all dependent on you. So in a minute, you're going to see a video. But I, here's what I want you to be thinking about. Lord, what do you want me to do? God has blessed all of you in unique ways. Everything, every single one of you know that. I want you to be looking for what he's doing in your life and how he's directing you to do what. How much you are going to give. How faithful you're going to give. Maybe some of you are going to start giving. But I want you to be praying about it. And next week, we're going to take an offering. Next week, I'm going to talk about seven key words. And I'm going to declare over your giving. But I want you to be praying for next week. Lord, show me what you want me to give. Teach me to be faithful in my giving. So check out this video, and I'll see you in a few minutes. My name is Anthony Harris, but most people online know me as Tony. I'm watching from La Mesa, California. Veronica Aguila here, tuning in from my mom's house in Silver Spring, Maryland. What's up, Rock Church? This is Kendra in Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Adima. I watch Rock Church from Nairobi, Kenya. My name is Peace. I come from Africa, Kenya, Nairobi. Hello, my name is Pilato, all the way from Kenya. Normally, I had been tuning in from Nairobi, Kenya, in Africa. I had been there for the past four years. And so it was a big, big, big blessing to have the online community. 
It was a huge blessing also to be able to connect in Kenya and share the services um, right when we were finishing our sports ministry um, in the gym. We had a big TV and a great sound system. We could have the garage doors open um, with nice fresh air and the beautiful sunshine, uh, just being able to praise and worship together. And so from that, uh, we were able to build community as well and pray for one another. I have found a sense of community and I was obedient to the call to start a small group online. And it's been going for about a year now. And I have folks from all over the country who have been tuning in and just being blessed by the content that is provided by The Rock Church. And it has been a blessing to me to just see how their lives have been improved because of access and exposure. I've gone through it all. Bad marriages, losing my mom, my son. And um, I, I started engaging with everybody, the regulars on um, The Rock Church online. and. They really helped me. They got me past that difficult period, the lowest period of my life. And I don't know what I would do with, without him. I look at where he brought me from to where I am today. And that's all because of the online ministry. 99% of the population here is Muslim. 1% is Christian. And I'm so proud that I'm part of the 1% Christian community. But the broadcasting has also given me a community. I love Pastor Miles because there was a time that he was talking about tearing down the fake altars. He had a baseball bat and he used it to demonstrate how to tear down false walls. Rock Church has really helped me to find a community because um, we discovered Rock Church during the COVID season and it has helped me to know that I can worship God anywhere and everywhere and I can feel connected even to people who are miles and miles away. I'm very, very grateful for the ministry and I thank you so much Rock Church for supporting this ministry. Uh, thank you so much and may God bless you. And so I thank you Rock Online Campus for everything you do. Thank you Pastor Miles uh, for your leadership and all that you do. What's up, everybody? You just got a glimpse of what has probably changed the church more than anything in our lifetime. Digital, digital initiatives, the, the online, apps, all the social media. It has exploded our ability uh, to reach literally the world. And you are looking at probably one of the most confusing components <laughs> of this church because both these brothers are named Nathan. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> Nathan T. And, I mean, Nathan T. and Nathan M. So what's up, fellas? How you doing? What's up? We are going to talk digital initiatives. And by the way, we have an online church. We got a rock church app that we're developing, an on-demand digital platform we're developing, and digital evangelism that we've been doing, getting about 1,000 people a day. Uh, to accept Christ, it's, it's unbelievable, and the sky's the limit. So I'm just going to bullet some questions, uh, fire questions. Number one, what does reach mean? Everyone keeps hearing, mm -hmm. you know, you posted something that had a little reach, and all our little apps say, you know, this is, uh, multiply your reach. Talk about reach. What Absolutely. That means. Yeah, so reach is how many unique individuals will engage with a piece of content online. Um, so views, someone can see a video multiple number of times, and that counts as a view, but a reach is how many unique people we were able to meet with a piece of content. And on a Sunday, any given Sunday, we have an average of two to three million people that we reach with a Sunday service. And 
a per percentage of those people that decide to stay and engage with the content. So the more people we reach, the more people that will just say, yes, I want to engage with this content, watch this service, hear the worship, um, hopefully receive some truth and some hope in Jesus. Okay. And real quick, tell, tell everybody your role here at the church. Yes. So my role is the marketing and communications pastor here at the church. Okay. And tell everybody your role, Nathan. I'm the, uh, the media director. Media director. Yeah. I think he just made that up. <laughs> it's changed so many times. I can't keep track of it. Oh, so. I think yeah. today I'm the media director. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, digital uh, opportunities have changed drastically over the last year. I mean, years, definitely. Mm -hmm. But even the last year, talk about that, how it's changed over the last year. So, you know, the uh, year, two years ago or so, COVID lockdown happened. And, um, you know, before that, we, we were basically live streaming out our services. What was happening in this room, we were sending out to the, the multi-site campuses, um, you know, around the world, basically for people who were sick or on vacation or couldn't be here. Um, when the lockdown happened, everything changed because we had to shut down our in-person gatherings and everyone was online. So we started changing what we were doing to tailor the experience for people that were watching from home on their computers or on their cell phones. And we found that that experience really improved for them. Um, because now th those people aren't feeling excluded from what's happening here, mm -hmm. but they're feeling included in, in, mm -hmm. in what we're mm -hmm. trying to create for them. Mm -hmm. So now that our doors are back open, we're still doing services within the building, but we're also continuing that strategy of trying to create content specifically for um, the audience that's not in the building, might be gathering in a small group somewhere around the and that's, that's kind of the new things that, some of the new things we're offering online. It's not just streaming, but we're, we're pre-recording producing stuff for different audience and different packages and different sizes, exactly. different lengths of, yeah. of time. Yeah. And, and we can still provide that live experience of, you know, chat and interaction and community. Um, but, but at the same time, we can really take our time to create something that is um, high quality and engaging for our global family. Okay. And to, to add on to that, Pastor, um, some of the things that happened um, during this two-year window is in 2019, we're averaging around 16,000 people watching online on a Sunday. Uh, in 2020, we were able to reach about, or 60,000 viewers were engaging on a Sunday. And in 2021, thank you to everybody's faithful giving that's been able to support these initiatives. We have over 400,000 people watching on a Sunday. Um, about a quarter of that is actually in Spanish. So we take Spanish worship and we take your message pastor and then we put subtitles underneath it and we send it out to 20 Spanish speaking countries. Wow, so wow. they're able to receive the hope of the gospel sí, too. Sí. Estoy aprendiendo en español, por, uh, por eso un día voy a predicar un sermón en español. Uh, why is an app, and if you didn't understand that, you got to go to Spanish class, baby, come on now. Um, why is it important for us to have an app? Because, you know, having our services online, having online church is one thing, but talk about the, the importance of having an app, which, by the way, all this is what we're trying to uh, raise money for. This is all about making a difference. 400,000 people, 400,000 people, Watch the service, but 200, 2 million reached. Yes. Okay. Yep. Explain the difference between that. Yeah, so we'll reach 2 million people. You could uh, think of it as almost like an ad. It'll come across their feed and they'll see a live service or an on-demand service. Got it. And they'll choose to engage. People that it choose to engage and watch for a period of time, we'll count that as a view. Got it. And about 400,000 people view the service on a Sunday. Got it, got it, yeah. got it. 400,000 people, just think about that. It's almost half a million. I remember one Sunday we were up to 900,000 yes. uh, back a few, few months ago. But 400,000 people on a regular basis, that's a lot of people. Think about how to, if you had to build a church that big. 
I, I know there was one church in Nigeria had a million people in it, but I don't know any other churches <laughs> like that. But that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Um, so talk about the app. Talk Absolutely. So we have 400,000 people watching on a Sunday. And what we want to do is help them transition from a viewer to an engaged uh, disciple. And on the app, there's going to be ways for them to create their own community, stay engaged with a local campus or an online um, experience that they've created. And then in that, they'll be able to receive prayer. They'll be able to in engage in the chat with live services happening there. They'll be able to watch curated content that will fit an interest or a need they may have in the moment. And we have some other things in development that's going to create some gamification so they can have some fun in there, mm. engaging with content, meeting other people, and being discipled by people around the world, which is amazing. So we're creating a discipleship pathway for people to go from A to Z in their discipleship journey. And this app is going to facilitate that. So no matter where you're at the world, you engage in the app um, anywhere in the process because discipleship is not necessarily from here to there. It's just how wherever you start, God's going to end you, bring you to where he wants you to go. And so this app is going to facilitate that journey. Uh, and close the loop so people aren't just watching and jumping. We got them engaged and we're making disciples, which is what Jesus told us to do. Um, OTT, over the top, over the top. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever heard that term. It's a digital platform, Netflix. When you go to Netflix on your computer, it's OTT. It's a, it's a platform upon which a bunch of content live. So talk yeah. about our OTT. So OTT is kind of one of those technical terms that doesn't make a lot of sense. It basically refers to... Uh, the um, t taking, delivering video and television over the top of your internet connection um, to whether you're on a computer or a cell phone. Right. So what we want to do is basically create Rock Church's version of that, which is incredibly exciting if you think about a high-quality Christian Netflix. It's not just about Rock Church either. It's about taking content from other community partners and other Christian organizations and um, put, putting that together and also reaching people that are not just part of Rock Church, but reaching Christians and uh, non-Christians around the world. So mm -hmm. that, uh, that, the, the opportunity there is, is really exciting. The app that is being developed right now is just the, the first step in a very big project over the coming years to try to get to that goal. Because not only do we need a high quality platform, but also really high quality content. And we're on that pathway right now, and we're getting closer to it. And, uh, and we're really excited about the potential there. So if you think about um, when you go to Netflix, you can buy, uh, buy or rent videos directly to your phone, your computer, your television. Uh, they all live on a platform, that's OTT. And so imagine, a Christian OTT, which they, uh, they all, all they, many of them do exist, but that we would have a platform with ministry and content that furthers the mission through the personality that God has given us uh, to reach people to be a do something church. Yeah. Amen. Uh, tell me a little about online evangelism. I mean, I should be the yeah. one talking about that, but you know, yeah, we, we have people getting saved every day on online evangelism. Talk we about do. that. Yes. Um, so what we do is we have about a one minute gospel presentation that you've recorded in English and in Spanish. And going back to the reach component, we send that out across the world and on average 500,000 people watch that a month. And that leads to 30,000 decisions or recommitments to, to Jesus. Um, so it's incredibly exciting to know that for the cost of a latte, if you were to invest that into digital evangelism, potentially 10 people could receive the hope of Jesus. Um, and when that happens, they actually receive next steps. So not only are they receiving Jesus or recommitting their life, but they're able to get into a discipleship pathway. They'll be able to go into our life class 
They'll be able to find a community to grow in and learn about their spiritual gifts and a variety of different things. So it's incredibly exciting. So how much does a latte cost? Because I don't drink lattes. We'll say, we'll say $5, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so an average of 50 cents um, is what it really breaks down to. For one person. For one person, Okay, yes. so let's do this math. And this is not hard math. 50 cents, that's two per dollar. Two souls per dollar. Two souls per dollar. Now, what does that mean? That, that it costs a dollar for, for, for two people to receive the Lord through just this one mm -hmm. video, uh, English and Spanish. And so if you want to invest and say, listen, I want to invest in, and secure a million souls. There you go. A million souls. $500,000. You get a million souls saved just like that. And, and by the way, the, the, the platform is going to enable us to track them. And, and, and put them into a discipleship pathway. We were in a meeting once and we sent one of these videos uh, to, um, one, out to all of our staff, sent it out to their family. And during the meeting, one of our pastor's mothers got saved. Mm -hmm. He ran out the meeting to call her. And so this is real, people really get saved uh, digitally, just like people get saved watching TV. It's Absolutely. no different. No yeah, different. the, the um, additional thing that everyone can do is if you were actually to take your phone, if, if you're here in the U.S., and text SHARE to 52525, what you do is you put in your name and you put in a phone number of anybody in your community, and it'll actually send them a personal invitation with a gospel message from you. They'll have the opportunity to watch the video. They'll be able to click yes if they accepted Jesus. The person that sent it will get a notification saying, hey, your friend received Jesus today. Send them a text, reach out, congratulate them. But that person will also get next steps. If you're outside the U.S., you just go to share.sdrock.com and you'll be able to have the same experience for the most part. And that's a way that everyone here can engage in digital evangelism. You can test it right now. Text the word share to 52525, follow the prompts and the video. I think it's 67% of the people who watch it get saved. Sick, that's two, two out of three people who watch it. So if you've got someone who's not saved, two out of three chances, 67% of the chance, they're gonna, if they watch the video, they're going to get saved. Text the word SHARED to 52525. Um, talk about how people can join online, engage the church online. It's real simple. Yeah, um, just watching on our website, any of our social media platforms. Um, but it, it's, it's also, you know, we're talking a lot about numbers, but it's really important to us to remember that every single one of those numbers is a person. And every single one of those people, um, you know, I think there's, there's a, a danger potentially to media causing people to separate and isolate rather than come together. Mm. And so with the content that we're putting together and the, the apps and all the digital tools, we're trying really hard to make sure that the, that content is bringing people together in community, not pushing them apart. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we're looking for ways to encourage people and we'll, you know, want to encourage people watching right now to get in community as they're watching and engaging with these tools, um, whether that be joining a microsite or hosting a watch party. And there's going to be a lot of new things that we're working on that will help facilitate that kind of thing in the future as well. Yeah, so here in San Diego, they can benefit from it by, by engaging not only in the content, but then coming together physically Absolutely. right here in San Diego. And here in San Diego, too, it's, it's important to remember that this is, we're, you know, we're talking about the globe, which is amazing potential. But the stuff we're working on is for our church family right here in the building as well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the, this, this broadcast that we're doing right now is not just going out to the world. It's going to the microsites in San Diego. Um, you know, we have an incredible relationship with Fo Channel 5, the local Fox affiliate. We're doing incredible programming for them, a big Christmas special we're working on right now. And the other thing is that what he says, every one of these numbers is a person. 
uh, and every one of those people have a circle, a family, friends, a social circle. Um, so we're going to pray that God would in, open the windows of heaven so we can invest and get more people saved. Uh, I heard someone once say, if one person gets saved, it's worth it. Um, it's a noble thing to say that. I, I, one soul is important, but two are better, and two million are better than that. So we want to get as many people saved as possible. It doesn't minimize the one, but if one's great, then two is great. And so we, we want to reach as many people as possible. We're not going to uh, stop at one. We've already, we've already blown way past that. But there are 7 billion people on the planet. Let's go for as many as we can. And it starts with, we've already started, but now it continues with the funds and the money that you can give. So if this puts a burden on your heart to say, listen, I want to invest in this. This is the time to do it. Be praying about that. And we're going to take our miracle offering, our Make a Difference offering next week. And uh, we'd love for you to give. So let's all pray right now that God would open up the windows of heaven and we'd be able to reach more people than we can ask or imagine. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for technology. Thank you for the opportunity and ability to speak directly to people all around the world. And so we pray for uh, finances, resources, open doors, relationships that enable us to expand beyond what we can ask or imagine. Um, that we may truly be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Um, and even in different languages. I know we do Spanish now. We pray for the ability to send video content in multiple languages uh, so people can hear the gospel uh, through this church as you have designed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.